Welcome back to the podcast, week 12, well, week 11 in the books. You are listening to the Craps Jackpot Fantasy Football Podcast. It is 3.15 on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining today. I am especially excited to get things rolling this week, especially for myself, coming off of a win, beating the guy who was sitting in second place. Uh, sorry, Mick. I don't know what to tell you. That was just a peculiar week, but sometimes fantasy does have to go in the opposition's favor. My record moves to four and seven. A couple other record changes this week, too. It doesn't matter to Mick that he lost. He locked in his playoff spot with the with the loss even here. Um, Mick is notoriously one of the guys who has the second least amount of points against them in the league. You know who has the least amount of points against them in the league? Brett, who is sitting in first place. But Brett also has the second most points, so it is a valuable column for him to be in there. The second most or the second least points against goes to Andy, who is in seventh place, who has elite amount of points. That's one three three seven for you gamer nerds out there that know what that means. Um, not a lot of points put up there for for either of those teams. We're getting after Andy a little bit earlier than we should. I apologize, Andy. It's Thanksgiving week. We got a lot to be thankful for, especially that win here. Now I'll be thankful if I can get another win coming out of this week, moving into week twelve. Let's do a quick recap here. Uh, we already won over my matchup one forty nine to ninety eight. We've got Megum say Ooh Against Blood Brothers, 149 to 106. That would be Brett for you keen eye people. Uh, we've got Pontiac Bandits against Galus's Gents. That's a 150 win to 97. Congrats to Ryan for winning the $10 this week. you got to remember putting your cash app request for me, and I will make sure to get that to you. Uh, Blood Brothers, you guys have not claimed your cash prize, so make sure that you do that. Put in a cash app request, and I will send it to you. Don't let me come chase you down. That's the... The one thing I do is I don't chase you down for the money, so uh, put in the request. Um, you know, the guys who were in the hunt for the $10 this week were all within a point of each other, actually a half a point of each other for the most part. We've got 149.48, we got 149.94, and we've got 150.06, so I'm really hoping there's a stack correction coming in uh, either later today or tomorrow so I can hang on and pocket that cash. Uh, we've got this is the year taking the victory over Jeff, who just came off a win last week, so he gets knocked right back down to that four and seven range, along with four other teams. And Thundercats loses pretty big to Wakanda Forever, who was at one forty four to ninety, biggest margin of victory for Andy this week. I'm sure that feels good. Andy and I just got through discussing like how done we were with our years, and then both of our teams just have a really good week. Um, so what does that do for, for everybody? We, we know that the top three slots are locked, so congratulations to Ryan and, and Mick for making it official. Mick with a loss making it official. Ryan with a win making it official. You guys will be heading to the playoffs. Your seeds are still unknown, although, Ryan, it looks likely that you're going to have the second seed spot here. You're uh, coming off a three-game win streak, just like Brett, who beats Blood Brothers, like we talked about, which finally snapped their, their four-game win streak. I don't know what it was, but it needed to end, and Brett did it. So thank you, Brett, for doing that. Thundercats in fourth. Galus is in fifth. Uh, Blood Brothers in sixth. Wakanda forever in seventh. Out of commission in eighth. This is the year in ninth. And Hans Molman dropping back down into the tenth place spot. So what do we what do we see here, right? What's the biggest implication? Well, we've got three teams with that covenant five and six record. 
I think the threat here really comes to Blood Brothers. I know we're putting a lot of emphasis on the vampire this year, but it is a vampire league, so we got to do that. Um, Blood Brothers has 100 or 1,258 points for, right? So if they lose a game and then one of the people in 7th through 10th win a game, it would be assumed because of the margin of points that that person would get moved up into the 6th place spot. So... Um, it doesn't look likely from a standings projective, from, from projections on points, that that will happen. Um, but crazier things that happen. It's, it's one of the weirdest years in fantasy football, I think we can all agree, that uh, anyone has ever seen since week two, especially like the coveted week two where all of those injuries happened and about half of the league disappeared into the IR range. So, um, yeah, I mean somebody can come with a victory uh let's just jump into that one right so we're gonna we're gonna do the week 12 preview and then we're gonna do a quick interview with peel today because we've bumped him back for the past couple weeks i finally want to get him on and he has agreed to be here today which is incredibly nice um so it's gonna be a shorter than usual podcast today but again thanksgiving holiday i'm actually taking tomorrow off so after i'm done with this podcast i'm not visiting my office again for the rest of the week i'll be back in here on monday and it is just one flight away. Uh, the goal is to just kind of get in the Christmas spirit and enjoy the holiday here and uh, spend some time with family. This will be the first time we'll, we'll see outside family since March, so I'm excited to do that. And, uh, yeah, let's take it away. So jumping into Week 12, Pontiac Bandits and Out of Commission. Make them say, ooh, and Camper Dude. Hans Molman and Galus Gents. We've got Thundercats, and this is the year. And we've got Wakanda Forever and Blood Brothers. All right. So, Andy, you actually look like you're going to put up a fair amount of points. Let's focus on this matchup right now, okay? Um, I know it thinks things look good for you, but I'm praying and hoping that you win this, even though you winning it would mean that you're more in playoff contention with me. But I also need you to win this one because we're going to knock him out of that fifth place. Or the sixth place spot. Now we can we can have Galus lose. We can have any number of things. It's going to get pretty wild here over the past couple of games for the guys that are not locked in the playoffs. Let's go over the matchups here. Patrick Mahomes, he's QB two, going up against Tampa Bay. Love it. Uh, we got Hopkins at New England. Love that one too. He's WR two. Darius Slayton against Cincinnati. Not in love with that one. WR thirty one. There are a lot worse options out there, but there's so many better options out there. And um, the problem is, I think Cincinnati is. Uh, is going to get behind very early, so I don't know that they're going to need Slayton, but the Giants don't really have a lot of weapons, so maybe Slayton is the guy. He just could have that day. Alvin Kamara against Denver. He's the RB4. Um, they're at Denver, so it's going to be up in the mountains. I don't think that's going to bother him one bit. We're looking at sunshiny weather that day, too. Dalvin Cook in the dome at home against Carolina. Love it. He's the number one running back. TJ Hawkerson is surprisingly the tight end number three, so I would go Kelsey Waller and then Hawkinson. Hawkinson. Uh, CeeDee Lamb. Is the flex spot here against Washington? Not in love with the matchup. Washington's one of the better defenses in the league, believe it or not. And uh, you know there are some better wide receiver options available. So if that just hasn't been adjusted, uh, so be it. But I think it's a smarter play than like uh, Jamison Crowder at Miami because Miami has been sneaky good. Um, uh, you know, and, and Brandon Ayuk is on the IR with COVID nineteen, and uh, Chris McCaffrey obviously looking doubtful too. So let's not forget the threats coming back into uh into play here so uh blood brothers has suffered some injury concerns from some bites some tainted meat if you will uh all right other side of the ball matt ryan just depart with this man already okay he's going to disappoint you for the rest of the year i know firsthand he gives like two or three great games the rest are going to be shit seven points from a quarterback is is awful move on 
Mike Evans against Kansas City. He's WR23 on the week. Going to be a good one. He'll score a touchdown. Justin Jefferson against Carolina. He's number 14. Yes, I have him nine spots higher than Mike Evans. Derrick Henry, RB3 against Indianapolis. Indianapolis is good against the run, but we saw what Derrick Henry did against Pittsburgh and some of the other tough run defenses in the league. You, you never bench him. Nick Chubb coming back. Man, Nick Chubb looked good. Really want this guy to get a touchdown, but he's going to be RB2, especially against Jacksonville. I think he's just going to go off this game. So expect Nick Chubb to break 30 points this week, but um, I think he's probably more in the range of like 15, 16. Uh, Janu Smith. Not Janu Smith, not Jonu Smith, not anything else. It's Janu Smith. I finally figured it out. Janu Smith, tight end 13 against Indianapolis, good against a tight end. Keenan Allen, you're absolutely going to play him against Buffalo. Guys, PPR monster and a nightmare. Uh, he's going to go off in this one too, especially against Buffalo, who has not been as great as you would have hoped that they would have been uh, against wide receivers. So um, I still think Blood Brothers has the advantage here, but not by as much as you would typically predict. Um, I'm probably thinking somewhere in the range of 131 for Blood Brothers and 118 for Andy. That's going to be my prediction on the score for that game. All right, let's move into Megan against Camper Dude. Uh, all right, Brett's side of the ball here. We're going to go Deshaun Watson against Detroit. He's QB5 in the week. You want him to have more weapons. He just doesn't. Mike Thomas, what a weird year for him. He's going injury, 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 injury to fight, back to injury, and then... Different quarterback. That's his year. That, that is Michael Thomas's year in a nutshell. WR10 this week against Denver. I don't particularly love it, but I love Michael Thomas when he's healthy. Uh, Taysom Hill clearly hurts his floor a little bit, and it looks like it's going to be Taysom Hill again. Chris Godwin, I want his finger to get healthy. I want a finger out of a cast. Uh, until then, I don't see him anything higher than a WR20. This week I got him at 22 Josh Jacobs, RB6 for me this week uh, against Atlanta. Yeah, that's going to be a great one. He'll go over 20 points, but I've got him predicted at 16.5. Zeke is RB12. Washington, where he said, is a really good defense. Can't deny the volume. They look good coming out of the bye. I think they look good with Andy Dalton under center. I think they look comfortable with Andy Dalton under center now. And I think you can start trusting some of those guys again in your lineup. Uh, other than on the other side of the ball, we'll get to this, but Amari Cooper, who has just been up and down all year, and then some of these other guys you just need to – Throw a dart, and it's going to be which wide receiver would hit for that team. But Zeke is not one of those guys. You play him. Jaron Waller, tight end number two. You know I have a, a, an absolute love for this guy. Um, totally underrated. Absolutely involved every step of the way. He'll get 16 points easy here against Atlanta, who's not good against the tight end position at all. A.J. Brown had a bad day, I think, uh, last week, and he still had a good day. So A.J. Brown is a good play. He's WR21 against Indianapolis, who's a good defense, but I still think he's going to end up with 14 fantasy points because of it. Um, I've got him low on numbers like that just because of the efficiency they have in that offense. If he scores a touchdown, he's on 20. If he doesn't, he's at 14. I mean, take that and be happy with it. On the other side of the ball, Phillip Rivers. You're probably not playing Phillip Rivers, Mick, but uh, just in case you are, dump that man is welcome to Dumpsville. I don't even know if he's going to play. He's, pro he's probably doing a veteran's rest here, but he was in and out of the game. Um, I wasn't listening to the audio on the game, but it just doesn't look good. Phillip Rivers, move on. They want to run the football. They got Jonathan Taylor going a little bit the other day. Uh, the the running back bonanza in that offense continues, but Phillip Rivers is not a running back, so let's move on from Phillip Rivers. Amari Cooper, I guess you got to play him here, WR27. Philip Rivers is QB20, by the way, so there, there are nine better options for you that are likely available in our league, or, or at least seven, because I know some guys have two QBs rostered, including myself. Will Fuller, WR12 against Detroit. It's going to be a great play. Would even suggest in DFS that you 
Get your hands on Will Fuller and Gio Bernard. We'll get to him too later. Ronald Jones taking a backseat to Leonard Fournette. Starting to make me nervous. I think he's finally faded. Um, I still think you could play him, though. I think he's... I have him as, as RB18, and I have him at 12.5 points, uh, especially against KC. If Tampa can get up early, they will use Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is their future. I'm not sure Fournette is their, their long-term solution. Um but maybe they don't want to get him out of the rookie contract. I have no idea. Chris Carson, if he's ever going to get healthy, it would be great against Philadelphia. But if he's not, Carlos Hyde is going to be a great play. Travis Kelsey against Tampa Bay. Tight end number one, obviously. Probably looking at 18 points. Going to be super involved. And I actually think they need to get him going a little bit more, which is ironic because he's just been having monster games. He went 10-8, 127 and a touchdown against Vegas coming out of the bye. I mean, this guy hasn't had under 20 points since week eight and even then he had one week under 20 points and then before that it was week four so i just travis kelsey all day every day yeah he's gonna get you 20 points alan robinson i think he can be a good play against uh, green bay i just don't think he'll have a touchdown or the yardage wr17 looking around 15 points for him with some ppr probably get nine or ten targets in this one i thought you know he would get a little bit more but he's averaged about nine targets this season uh, what's concerning for me on Allen Robinson is with Montgomery out, defenses can project what he's going to do a little bit more, and you see that too in the numbers. So let's look at weeks three through five on him. Uh, he went 13, 10, and 16. That's all Nick Foles too, right? So we love it. We were We were boasting about it. He only has two touchdowns all year. Okay, or I'm sorry, three touchdowns all year long. And after those double-digit target weeks, he hasn't seen one double-digit target. He's averaging about eight targets, uh, seven or eight targets a, uh, per game, and hovering right around 13 fantasy points in depth. You know, it's just not what you want out of Allen Robinson, who's obviously much better than uh, than what the, the stats are giving him this year. He's on pace for over 1,000 yards, but now, not by much. He's got 44 uh, – I'm sorry, he's got 95 targets, 63 catches – 755 yards and only three touchdowns this year. And that's just being tied to the Bears' offense. So I like him in the flex. It's a good flex play. Um, but, yeah, give me give me uh, uh, Megan uh in this one over Camper Dude. I think he's going to win 126 to 116. That's what I've got it predicted at. And Yahoo has that matchup predicted at uh, 139 to 121 in Brett's favor. So uh, I'm going to take Brett as well. I just my point differential is going to be a little bit different. All right, let's move on to the next matchup of the week. Uh, let's talk about this is the year in Thundercats. So Thundercats has Lamar Jackson going in. It's QB 10 this week against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, obviously, good defense. You don't need me to tell you that again, but I think there's some better options. DK Metcalf, WR3 against Philadelphia, must play. Cooper Cup, WR16, kind of done with his roller coaster season. Um, put up some good numbers the other day, so he'll be right around 14, 15 points against San Francisco. Uh, Gio Bernard, like I said, sneaky flex play. I think he's RB22, but you can get some really good value out of him. Uh, I don't love it against the Giants, but right now weather looks like it's going to be more of a run game. And even weather aside, there's no Joe Burrow there, so they can't lean on a veteran Joe Mixon who's not in that offense. It's got to be Gio Bernard who actually carries the entire offense on his shoulders at this point, ironically. You know, you want to say A.J. Green needs to step up, and you think that Tyler Boyd's going to come through, and T. Higgins may end up being, you know, less of a factor in that offense. Um, I just, that offense sort of falls apart to me altogether without Joe Burrow uh, under center. Even Joe Mixon's value for me goes down quite a bit without Joe Burrow because I think the passing game is going to be impacted. But 
you know what? You just don't know. Like, I think there's also a possibility, too, they do a lot of check down dump passes, and it could be like a PPR monster kind of a game for these guys. If you're doing DFS with Gio Bernard in a non-PPR thing, which is what it is on Yahoo, then you don't love Gio Bernard. But if it were, yeah. So I think Peel's in a good spot playing Gio Bernard here. Swift looked like he was going to play last week, and then he ended up not playing. Right now I have him right around RB51, I think it is. Yeah, 51. If he plays, he'll get moved up a ton. I mean, he'll probably rank up 30 higher than that for me against Houston, who just gives up so much. He'll probably be like RB19 for me on the week. Um, he'll he'll get you 13 points or 17 points. I'll probably put him somewhere in that range. Um, that's if he plays. It's a short week, so they're playing that Thursday night game. It's or I'm sorry, they're playing the Thursday morning game. They're 11:30 in the morning. Uh, Evan Ingram. So yeah. So another thing, like you got to make sure that these guys are locked and loaded and they have a backup plan in place. Evan Ingram, tight end nine, Cincinnati. I think he'll have a great game. Actually, I think he's going to be much better than tight end number nine. Uh, Devontae Adams against Chicago, the WR1 on the week. Do I need to explain why? No, probably not. Russell Wilson on the other side of the ball for Jake here. He's QB1 for the week. He's QB1 most weeks against Philadelphia. I think Russell Wilson needs a little bit of a bounce back from what he's been doing. I thought for sure he was going to have a much bigger game than he has. Um, but he's gone 24-11 and then 20, so these just aren't Russell Wilson kinds of a game. He's making some mental mistakes if you're watching him on the field. He's not doing some reads right. And, uh, the offense, I, I think the offense coordinator also has made some really bad play calling uh, the, the past couple of games here. Uh, against Philadelphia on a Monday night, I think it's a really good get-right game, especially it's like a mini-buy for them too. So all the stress is going to be off their shoulder. Russell Wilson shines in prime time. Absolute QB1. DJ Moore, WR20 against Minnesota. Corey Davis, WR50 against Indianapolis. I think there are... Quite a few better plays than Corey Davis this week, but I always think that about Corey Davis, so that's why I always have him ranked a lot lower. James Conner is your prime number two uh, running back. He's literally RB13 on the week, so he's the top RB2 that you would be able to play. Todd Gurley, RB14 against Vegas. Um, Gurley hasn't had the greatest couple of games here, but I do think that against uh, Vegas that he has a bounce back game. He'll score a touchdown. He could he could possibly even have two in that matchup because uh, if there's one thing that Vegas lets you do is they let you get in the red zone, and Todd Gurley is the primary ball handler in the red zone. Um, actually, you know what? I don't know if that's true. I feel like the past couple of times Hill was the guy, but I'm just going to move on and pretend like that is true because I'm, I'm not remembering correctly right now. Mark Andrews tied in number four Thursday night against Pittsburgh. Chase Claypool, WR18. Uh, give me Peel in this matchup. I don't think it's going to be as big as the Yahoo numbers say, which is 142 to 122. I think I would put it at like 122 to 116 instead. I don't think it's going to be as big of a margin here. I think Jake has more of a fighting chance than they're giving him credit for, but I still think Peel can take this one out pretty easily. Uh, let's move on to the next matchup here. Let's do Hans Molman and Galus Gents, which is ding ding, the matchup of the week. Okay, so QB 11, Taysom Hill. Put up a good game, but I don't think he'll have it against Denver. They're at Denver. Um, that typically gets to people. The weather is going to be nice, though, so maybe Taysom Hill does continue uh, rocking and rolling. He, Taysom Hill does not have that great of a day if he doesn't have those two rushing touchdowns. you got to take 12 points off the board for the rushing touchdown, and let's just say let's put back up four points of the 12. So uh, let's say he threw, like, one passing touchdown instead of two rushing touchdowns. Still an okay day. I mean, the play is not bad. You don't love having to play it, but there aren't a lot of QB options right now. Surprisingly, this is the first time in our league, too, where... QBs have been 
uh, hard to come by. And I think people are starting to roster two of them for some reason. But I'm included in that, and I, I generally don't do that. Juju Smith-Schuster, um, WR30, probably going to score 10 or 11 points. He's just not having a great year. Marquise Brown, I thought that they would get him more involved, but Lamar Jackson's struggling a bit this year. So I got him all the way down at WR49. He's probably just going to get you 10 points if he even gets that. Uh, Miles Sanders, I love a healthy Miles Sanders. I really do. Um, and I think I think he's RB9 this week, even against Seattle. I think that he gets involved very early, and I think what they're going to try to do in Philadelphia is keep the ball on the ground as much as possible. You know, I'm trying to think of other teams that, that do this. Tennessee does this, right? I think Philadelphia is going to start to realize that they can't lean on Wentz. they got to start leaning on Sanders, and I think Tennessee's a prime example of that. Ryan Tannehill is more efficient than Wentz is, but um, Miles Sanders is – is always a threat. I think. I think he's he when he's been healthy, he's come along and he's done for you what you were hoping he was going to do. So, give me 15 points from him. Like I said, RB nine, Kareem Hunt, still plenty involved in an offense, even with Chubb there. So he's a good RB two flex play, RB eleven in the week, which is uh, definitely the the bottom half of your RB ones, top end RB two. Uh, he will get you probably somewhere in the range of 14 points unless he scores a touchdown, which he's always a threat. Hunter Henry, tight end number five. Terry McLaurin, never a seven against Dallas. I actually rank him a little bit higher, but I just think there are some really smash plays this week. Jer- Josh Allen. I was going to say Jared Allen. I don't know why. 25 points. Give me, uh, give me him against the Chargers. Julio Jones, if he plays, this is one of those things that if he plays, this is Julio with a hamstring injury, right? Notoriously in the past when he's had a hamstring injury, by the way, Julio Jones always carries a questionable tag, so it's never a matter of like if he'll have a questionable tag. It's, it's when he'll have it, and he definitely has it right now. My concern with Julio Jones this week is that they don't need him. Uh, their season's already a little bit lost, and so I don't know that they're going to try to get Julio to get right before this game. So I actually feel confident that if he's in there, he's going to be more of a distraction for Calvin Ridley. Um, and I don't love Julio in this matchup as good of a spot as it is. And if Julio truly doesn't have a hamstring injury, he's like WR2 this week. Uh, but I have to assume that he is going to be battling a hamstring injury more than uh, more than they're leaning on to. And I think that Calvin Ridley is going to have the big week because Julio will be a distraction on the field. So uh, I would almost play Chark in this situation more confidently because Chark has a better matchup. I don't love Cleveland's defense, but I don't know. And it's tough. You, you can't you can't not play Julio Jones, so it's really hard to say that. Um, all right, moving on. Stefan Diggs against the Chargers. Yeah, WR5. He could possibly go off and be the number two or the number one this week. Melvin Gordon. Um, I think Philip Lindsay more involved against New Orleans here. I think he's probably just going to get you around 10 points. Uh, RB29 in the week, J.D. Uh, McKissick is is WR20. He's getting really involved with the pass game. I, I like him. I like him now. Jared Cook, I think it's welcome to uh, Senorita. Or not Senorita. I think I think it's time to part ways. Sayonara. There it is. I think it's it's time to say Sayonara to Jared Cook. He's tied at number 20. Uh, he's just not involved. Taysom Hill there. And uh, as soon as Michael Thomas got right, just get rid of him. It's time to go. Brandon Cooks, I wish they would do more what they don't. WR25. Uh, so that's that matchup. I don't think I'm skipping any matchups, so we can just jump in. Let's see. I did kind of forever. I did Thundercats. I did Hans Moment. Okay, yep. So my matchup against Ryan this week. Uh, I would always suggest that if you've made the playoffs, you bench your guys. Like, that would be my suggestion. But 
Right now, it doesn't look like Ryan is conceding. Uh, I think the votes are still being counted here. So uh, he's playing everybody. Kyler Murray had that shoulder injury. I'm not sure how he is going to bounce back from that, but I think he's just resting him at the beginning of the week. Even with his shoulder injury, he played a good a, a good game. So they'll, they'll rest him, which is what they've done. Um, they're not playing until Sunday, so he has time to rest. The only problem this week is if he does not play, the options may be more limited. So um, Deontay Johnson on the other side of the football here, too. Uh, Baltimore, good defense. Still WR15 for me. Calvin Ridley, WR8. He'll go higher if Julio does play and is hurt. He'll go higher if Julio doesn't play. I would only be a little concerned that he gets double teamed if Julio doesn't play. Even then, I like I like Calvin Ridley in the spot. Vegas is very generous. Aaron Jones against Chicago, RB5. Not going to be RB5 if Hicks is playing, but I just don't know the status of Hicks at this point. So it'll be interesting to watch and see if that happens. Antonio Gibson, RB8. Noah Fant, tight end, 8. Tyler Lockett, WR9 against Philadelphia. Um, only concern in that game against Philadelphia is the, the weather. Right now it looks like rain, so just something to keep your eye out for. On the other side of the football, uh, Ryan Tannehill. Or I'm sorry, yeah, it's Ben Roethlisberger right now, and I'm not sure I'm going to play Ryan Tannehill. Ben Roethlisberger against Baltimore. I don't even love playing that. I think I'm going to have to switch that one up. Dante, Devontae Parker against the Jets. Uh, hey, if it's Fitzpatrick, which it won't be, but if it's Fitzpatrick, I love it. If it's not, yeah, okay. Well, I don't have any other options because, you know, I got I got bitten. Tyler Boyd, um, yeah, I gosh, Burrow's not playing anymore. So I got him all the way down at WR32. If it were Burrow, it'd be like WR12 against the Giants. Giants are still pretty good against uh, wide receivers. But, uh, yeah, I just I, I can't. I, I don't know. And options are, are getting more limited as we've gotten this far into the season. As far as running backs are concerned, James Robinson, I watched him get through Pittsburgh, so I'm confident that he could play with some some tenacity against Cleveland, even when behind Robinson is involved in that offense very much. He's definitely the focal point of that entire offense. Uh, Kalen Balage, God, if you look back in 2019, this guy was the butt of every joke. As a matter of fact, like the beat writers are having a great time just going after this guy. Um, I played him last week, and I was happy that I did. Now he got injured early in the game, which was not surprising. Um, but uh, Kalen Balage did end up with uh, about 15 points in the day, so... I've got him at Buffalo, about 26th overall for running backs. Probably just 12 points out of him. Dallas Goddard put up a great game. A little nervous if Ertz does come back this week. I don't think he's going to. Um, assuming he doesn't, I think Dallas Goddard's in a great spot. He's tight end number six for me. And Tyreek Hill against Tampa Bay is WR6 for me as well. I think he'll get about 18 to 20 points. Um, all right, that's going to do it for the preview oh uh in terms of who's gonna win this one i've got ryan at 125 myself at 117 so i think ryan will win this match here uh i don't love it hey i just want to take a moment to note something right since since i've got the microphone here i'm gonna talk i'm not gonna mention that i was the first two-time champion of the league today i want to just let that one go and i also don't want to make mention of Devin single carry this week either because i think that joke is starting to get a little old um I moved from a top-end platinum player. I was dancing with Diamond as far as Yahoo is concerned with like my win-loss record to silver this past week. And I finally moved back up into gold. It's going to be a climb. I gained three points in their rating system. Um, but it is worth noting that, uh, that the fall from grace for me was very gigantic this year. Uh, so, uh, you know, I know everybody has to overcome these injuries and their pitfalls. But it's been it's been one hell of a year. 
and there's still plenty of time left. So if you're one of those guys who's been injury riddled uh, and you're and you're fighting for a playoff spot, I'll give you a little bit of Thanksgiving encouragement. Just rest your team. It's not your year. It's everybody else's year. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Obviously, let's let's actually focus on this for a second, right? I know we touched on it. Just a just a, a pinch here. Um, so what I'm looking at now is Thundercats is five at six, tied record with Galus' Jensen Blood Brothers, right? They're the first, second, and third spot, they're all in a league of their own. You've got a nine and two, an eight and three, and a seven and four. There's a gap, obviously, from fourth to third. So Mick is in a good spot to hang on to his third seed, so on and so forth for the guys in first and second. The dogfight here is going to come down to points and record. The guys that are in 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th, if we all lose, which won't happen because I'll play Jeff at one point, and coming into this week, I think there's uh, Blood Brothers from Wakanda Forever. That one's going to be a big playoff implication. You've got uh, Galus's Gents and Jeff. That's another big playoff implication. While not the, you know, the most intriguing matchups, definitely you have to look out to see what it's going to do if you're fighting for those spots. So, if Galus loses this one and Jeff wins this one, right now Jeff has just a touch less points than Galus does. I think it's about twenty-five to thirty point differential. Uh, and if he beats him by that amount, he'll sling past him in there because there'll be a tied record, but up. If, if any of those other guys win and still have more points than Jeff, they will also win too, or, or they'll also get there. Um, as far as current projections are concerned, I think what it's going to shake out to be is somewhere in the range of, uh, I think Brett's going to lose two times. Or I think, yeah, I think, I think uh, Ryan will end up tied for first place here, but will get the most points, so he'll go one uh, I think that that uh, Brett will come in second place here. I actually think Peel is going to start to skyrocket here. I think he has one of the better teams in the league, and he'll go all the way up to third place. I think that Mick is going to fall from grace into fourth place, but it's totally fine. He carries that weight, and he sits there that he can do that. Um, Blood Brothers is going to end up in fifth place. I think that it's going to be iffy to see who makes this Sixth spot. That's the Covenant sixth spot. It really could go anyway. I I think that Galus has the best position to take that spot right now, um, but it's unknown. Uh, so the the first through fifth spots are the ones that I really think carry the weight here. And um, if we're looking at ECR projection, it's not that far off from that. So um, all right, let's get into the section with Peel now, since we've got thirty minutes into the show. Typically, do thirty for thirty. Um, let's, let's talk to him about, you know what, man, I hate to do it. It's just a holiday is coming up. I, I, I just kind of want to be done for the day. I want to go spend some time with my family now. I think we're just going to have to bump peel to after the holiday. I hope you don't mind to peel that our section is going to have to wait. I feel like at this point we're going to be talking about stuff that happened in week five by the time we actually put your audio recording on here. So uh, you just gonna have to wait, dude. I'm sorry. Uh, just not enough time for you today. But I appreciate you doing a segment with me. And uh, everybody will get to hear it next week for sure. Don't worry about it. Everybody enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday. Spend time with family. Um, be safe. Be healthy. And good luck on your matchups. Remember, too, because I know there's some of you that don't always pay the most attention and I'm starting not to myself, which is why I'm reminding you. Game start at 1130. 
on Thursday. Um, I don't need, there's no earlier games than that, I don't think. I think 11.30 is the earliest one. So make sure that you are setting your lineups prior to that. We had a little bit of confusion earlier this year with uh, some of our new guys. And by some of our new guys, I mean there was only one really new guy to fantasy this year who did not set their lineup prior to the matchup. Um, so make sure you're doing that. Games are earlier this week than they are. And in a regular season where COVID is not a place uh, in place too, there are weeks where teams travel and play in Europe so their games are sometimes at like seven thirty in the morning. So you just gotta just gotta pay attention to the times and uh, make sure that you're slotting in right. And remember, put your latest spot in your flex when you can. All right, that's gonna do it for me. Thanks everybody for coming to the podcast today. We will see you next week.